The visual imprint is everywhere of where your brand is, and it makes you look like you're smaller or you're potentially like newbie or you're like Becky Homecky, like making your way through business. And you don't want to look like that. You want to look like the authority in your space. So how do you turn your business into an actual brand? Well, my name is Bijal Patel, and I've had 13 years of corporate experience working at big Fortune 500 companies, and I'm taking all of that juicy firsthand experience and have brought it into my company launch. Within this podcast, you're going to learn about branding, vision, identity, mindset, and how to scale your business to the next level. So let's go ahead and own your brand. So three ways to get more consistent with your branding that will actually make a difference to your revenue numbers, the type of sales that you're making, and the type of clients that you're attracting. I love this topic because arguably it is the number one pain point that most people have in their businesses. Like, and I know this too, like even as being a brand person, sometimes I look at like, hey, why does this look like that and this other thing look like this? And it's because it depends on who's working on it. So you might have gone through a brand evolution at some point, or you may have tried a different set of colors, or you may have revamped something, and somehow the wires didn't communicate, and then somebody else comes in and makes a website, but they don't interpret your brand guidelines perfectly. And it's huge because when you're looking for somebody and you're looking at a brand across all the different platforms, you're looking at websites, you might go to their social media, you might go here or there, and you're trying to evaluate, hey, who is this person? What are they for real? And you're consuming their content. So just like you do it with brands that you're looking to invest in, it's the same way that your prospects are looking at you. They want to see who you are. They want to know, are you legitimate? And so when clients come to me and they ask the question of, oh, I just feel like I'm not consistent. My question is usually back where? And the funny thing is, you'd be a little surprised by this. When I ask them, where do you feel like you're not consistent? They usually immediately go to the visuals of a brand and they'll be like, well, I feel like I'm all over the map. I feel like my colors are you know, off and then we're using random fonts and I feel like I just look like a hodgepodge mess. And it's really interesting because I'm like, well, do you care about that? And they're like, well, I feel like I, I look like that. I feel like my audience cares about that. But when we go deeper into it, the piece about brand consistency that really hits them, they feel like their messaging is off. So let me know if you could relate to this, by the way. Share that with me. I want to know that feedback. But when your messaging is off, that kind of looks like you're you're potentially talking about a cool new product here. And then on a different platform, you're talking about like a mastermind or, you know, something else you're offering as like maybe a high ticket program over here. And then somewhere else you're talking about the fact, hey, I'm doing a challenge. And you just feel like you're really scattered with your messaging and you think you're losing steam and focus on what is this overall brand supposed to be. So when we're talking about the three ways brands can get consistency, one thing you want to look at that's the easiest because it's tangible. If you see it, it makes sense to your brain. Of course, we all know that makes sense. First thing I want you to look at is your visuals. Do you have a strong set of brand guidelines that whoever is working on your projects, whether it is an internal graphic designer, where whether you've hired somebody, 
to do a website UX, UI design. Funnel people, if you have a funnel and you've got that design, I can tell you, this is one of the biggest pain points. Are they following? Have you shared those branding guidelines? Is it a VA who's potentially doing some Canva work for you? I guess a social media manager. You want to make sure that they not only have access to the brand guidelines, but that they're using them correctly. So we will make brand guidelines that are super extensive for our clients. They're like 10 to 20 pages long, depending on what the project is and what the scope is. And we'll give it to our clients. And then I will look at their socials like two months later and I'll be like, what happened here? And a lot of times I'll literally screenshot it, circle it and be like, where, where in the brand guidelines is this? And they'll laugh because they're like, dang it, called me out. Oh, I had my VA do it. Okay. Well, it's in here. So even having a PDF, just like you, right? If someone gives you something like an employee manual, you're not going to read it and follow it. It's until you're wearing like, until you're wearing something like completely inappropriate that you get called out for it and you're like, oh, wait, I'm not allowed to do that. So you have to be able to train your person, whoever you're sending them to, that the brand guidelines need to be trained so that they can follow through with them. And once they don't follow it, whoever's doing the design work, you push it back or potentially your marketing manager, or maybe you have a creative director or a brand manager on your team and they can push it back and say, not approved, go back and look at this, look at our colors again, look at our fonts again, look at past examples of projects that have been approved. So they get a visual sense of, hey, I know you're a designer, I respect that, but we have a set of brand guidelines that holds our brand consistent. And that's so important because just like you noticed and can self-audit and say, my visuals are one of my biggest pain points, so can your audience. So if we can get that done, you're going to be so thankful and so much better off. So having the training in place and the ability to reject and say, this doesn't fit the guidelines, here's how the training is. Let me know what you need to do to like get this back on track. And until they get there, do not approve it because that leaves a visual imprint. In this 2023, a visual imprint is everywhere of where your brand is. And it makes you look like you're smaller or you're potentially like newbie or you're like Becky Homecky, like making your way through business. And you don't want to look like that. You want to look like the authority in your space. And how are you going to do that if everything looks like a mess and then you become embarrassed by it? So that's number one, okay? Is that like brand visuals and making sure anybody on your team is following the consistency. The second thing is the messaging piece. I'm all about branding and marketing needs to work together. So what do I mean when I say your messaging is off? Like I gave the example. I had a client the other day be like, hey, well, I want to I want to run this new offer and I want to be able to promote that, but I'm still selling this old offer. How do you think I should do that? And I told him quite clearly, stop selling your old offer. You're not into it. You're not. This person happened to not be selling it for a long period of time. And I'm like, the reason you're not selling it is because you don't have the energy in it. So when you're talking about your brand messaging, which means how do I communicate what it is I do? what I stand for as a company, who we like to help, and what our impact is, and what the experience that our clients and results that they actually have. These are like the five basic things that happen here. How are you communicating that consistently across? So I'm talking about your own podcasts, your own emails, your own YouTube videos, your social media posts. What about all of your funnels? Like, are they all underneath a brand messaging umbrella? And do you have a messaging matrix like we do for our private clients that actually helps to inform them, hey, these are the pillars of messaging that you always need to thread through 
everything you do. So one piece of that messaging, you need pillars that thread the communication through over and over and over again so people get a sense of who you are. No one wants to work with the ADD type of brand that's like, I'm doing this one day and then I'm doing this the other day. And when I mean ADD, I mean in the context of shiny object syndrome. So if you're an entrepreneur, you deal with this all the time. One day you're selling this, the next day you're doing that. The consumer, the person who wants to buy your stuff, they don't want that. They don't want to know that you're going to sell something and then change your mind the next day. So what's the opposite? What's the elixir of this? The elixir of this is by being super consistent. You want to be as consistent as the sun goes up and the sun goes down. People know what to expect from you. And the reason that you want to know, why do you care? Why would someone care about you being consistent and what they can expect from you? It is the number one thing that creates a sale and creates the most clients to buy from you over and over again, which is known as client lifetime value. It's trust. If you are consistently who you say you are and then authentically you show up as that person over and over again, doesn't mean you have to be perfect. You just have to be more of you. That trust is what creates them to buy. It's like crazy statistic, like 73% of consumers need trust before they're going to buy your product. So consistently, consistency in your messaging is going to create more sales. And who doesn't want that? I know you do. So the other piece of this, the third piece of that consistency is the tone of voice. I think this is the most overlooked one because it's hard to understand. Your brand tone of voice is just similar to like when you're talking to a child or you're talking to like maybe your husband or your wife. It is how you say something versus what you say. So when we talked about brand messaging, that's great because it's about what you said. The tone of voice is how did you say it? So if you're thinking about somebody who's famous like Oprah, she is a very like loving and approachable and aspirational and inspirational tone of voice. Now, if you contrast that to somebody like Layla Harmozy, she has a very direct straightforward, almost masculine tone of voice because she's unafraid and very bold with what her message is. Those are two different people. They both inspire. They both educate. They both have followings that love who they are. They may not be the same size, but they have rabid fans. They have people who absolutely love who they are. So you have to know which part of your tone of voice is resonating with your most ideal client profile. So when I talk about ICP, the other way that's said, ICP1, that is your most favorite client on the planet. That's somebody you would pay so you could work with them. So that's called ICP1. Now you have ICP2 where you like the client. They're a good client, but there's maybe a couple things about them that are a little bit off. You're like, no, they could have, maybe their mindset needs more work or they don't have the right systems in place or they don't have the team infrastructure to really be able to benefit from what your programs are. That would be two. ICP3 is a level where you're like, you're not even sure why you're working together. You're like, Ugh, you're probably doing this because you're in a little bit of scarcity. And to be real, we want to avoid selling to that person as much as possible. But even when you think about the, and ICP4, I'll just throw this out there. What that is, is somebody you shouldn't work with at all. And somebody you generally have 
I know I've done this in the past, sold to somebody and then you've massively regretted it while you're in the client journey with them. So if you don't enjoy selling the client, you get that gut feeling when you're on the sales call or potentially you know your sales team has enrolled someone and the minute they walk in the program, they have a bunch of support tickets, they have a ton of complaints, they're constantly upset, they're not doing the work and you just get the feeling that, wow, it's such a drain to work with this person. That's where ICP4 don't ever sell them. Hey, real quick, if you've gotten even one piece of gold from this podcast and you're finally starting to understand how branding and brand strategy is going to take you to the next level, would you do me a favor and either subscribe or leave us a review? That would be so amazing. Share it with a friend, send it to somebody who needs this, and let's get back to the show. Connecting it back to what your tone of voice is. Your most ideal client enjoys a certain way that you're talking. So for just to use myself as an example, I am super unapologetic about what I'm saying. So I'm loving those. So one of the biggest compliments that I get about my personal brand and tone of voice is that I am top love meets your biggest cheerleader. So I can handle, I can do both of those. So I'm unafraid to call people up to like, hey, you said you wanted this and I'm gonna hold you accountable. And when I say I'm gonna hold you accountable, I am not playing around. I am unafraid to do that and I'm going to lift you to what your levels are. Well, guess what? A lot of our clients love that. I would say all of our clients love that because they get results. So just like, you know, Michael Jordan didn't want a coach who was going to like coddle him, the people I'm working with want somebody who's going to actually hold them accountable. Like you don't want a military general that's like soft and isn't going to take you to your goal. So the clients we're working with want that accountability. They want that tough love. And a lot of times they don't even need it. So that's where it comes in the cheerleading, like the being the biggest cheerleader. So we all have tough days. We all need to feel inspired. We all need to feel lifted. And I am really, really gifted at calling out where people and our clients' biggest gifts are that they often don't see. If you're like me, you are usually completely tuned out to where your biggest gifts lie. It's other people telling you, and you're like, oh, wow, that's awesome. Okay, cool. And you feel empowered, and you feel like you can crush the world. So I probably spend more time there, but a lot of my content might be focused on that tough love because the average person needs that to be able to get up to the mountain, right? So that's just using me as an example. So I'm direct. I am bold. I also enjoy being funny because, like, it's I want to be a comedian one day. Like, that's going to be a side hustle of mine. I'm also grateful. I'm also loving. And I'm also, like, really high energy. So I'm going to pour into people. So those are my – that's my tone of voice, right? So that's me as a personal brand. But how does that apply to your business brand? So we'll probably get into that in a completely different episode. And we do that at launch. Like, when we're taking people through our Brandfluencer program, which is eight weeks long, by the way, we will literally analyze, hey, what is your personal tone of voice? Like, who are you in the world? And, like, how does that work for you compared to your business tone of voice? The reason that that's important is, think about it, your email copywriters, your website copywriters, the people who are doing your social media management and are writing the captions and writing the description for what you do, your team, they all need to understand and fit under that umbrella. So if it's your personal brand, how's your team supposed to do that? They can't or it won't fit or it won't sound like you. And then guess what? You are the face of the brand, whether you want it to be or not. And then you can't scale. So knowing what your tone of voice is and how to make it consistent 
is knowing your business brand's tone of voice. And the coolest thing is, so again, like even if you have a personal brand, like let's use Let's use Tony Robbins as an example. Tony Robbins has a personal brand, clearly, but he like pivoted his business recently to be like, you know, team, team Tony Robbins, right? There's no way he can put on that organization without a enormous, massive team underneath him. Well, obviously he doesn't write all of his emails and he doesn't write all of his copy for the content he puts out there. So what you have to do in that situation is even though he's a personal brand, we treat it like it's still a business. So we take parts of Tony and who he is and what he is authentically, but then we say, what does this brand mean in the world and how does it connect with that ideal client avatar? So that's how that works. Give you a little bit of training so you know exactly what that looks like. The easiest way, you might be wondering, okay, Bijal, I love this. Like, how do I actually do this? First of all, start auditing. Start auditing yourself. Just take a listen. If you haven't, go back and listen to your reels. Go back and listen to your own podcast. Ask some of your favorite clients, hey, how would you describe my tone of voice in a couple words? And see what they say. Because what it's a famous Jeff Bezos quote, your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Why not ask our most favorite clients what they think we're like? So I gave that example again earlier of me. The one I get is tough love meets your biggest cheerleader. Okay, awesome. I know that's what it is. And people have constantly told me that you know how to call me up. I say call me up, not out, because I like to be positive. Being positive is also a big part of my brand, personal brand, and then also launch. But calling people up rather than out, but they always say that, and I work with lots of men and lots of women. We're almost 50-50, by the way, and who our client roster is. So that's pretty cool as being a female business owner to have about split, even base. It's not normal. So what that means is that that we know how to speak to both feminine energy, masculine energy, both sides of the street, but I've had the toughest of males who are super, super, super successful, multiple eight-figure business owners, who have said you, even when you call up, you are still super respectful when you do it. So knowing that that's feedback that my clients love, they want to be called up, they want to get to their next levels, but they don't want to be told that in a condescending tone of voice, which I will say, there's a lot of marketing bros and big gurus. I've been in situations where I've literally been denigrated in a room full of people because I asked the same question a couple times. Like I remember specifically a story on this, I was in a mastermind event. It was supposed to be two days long. There was like 10 people in the room. And this guy's an old school OG, and I'm not going to name names. But apparently, he got upset because I asked the same question four times. In his mind, I asked the same question four times. Clearly, I didn't get an answer. Otherwise, I am not dumb. And I wouldn't have asked the same question four times. But since he failed to actually answer my question, he ripped me a new one for 13 minutes straight. I have friends to prove it. People were in the room. My husband was in the room. My financial planner was in the room. 13 minutes straight because I did not, apparently, I was taking away from everyone else's experience in the room. And the crazy thing is, after that happened, I had a lot of people come to me and justify, again, because this person's an OG and has had, you know, multiple seven-figure business and is like been the trendsetter for some of these things in the coaching space of the online world. And they were excusing his behavior. And I was like, yeah, no, thank you. No, thank you. Because I don't care who he is. By the way, I didn't even really know who he was beforehand. I know that I respect myself enough to not be talked to like that. So if you're like me and you don't have any problem getting tough love and coaching, because that's how I've gotten to where I've been at, 
four years of business and year over year growth of revenue. That is a hard track record for a lot of people to beat or even emulate. And I've been able to do that. No problem taking feedback like that. But my problem is, how did he say it to me? And the condescending tone and disrespect that he showed me with in front of a room of people, it embarrassed me. If he was hoping to pull me to the next level, embarrassing me was not the way to do it. And I know I've spoken about this. I've been out loud about it, that women, a lot of times, we are told that we're too much and we end up in these rooms with a lot of men and we don't end up speaking up. And then you have a situation like that happen and you feel even further withdrawn. Well, I decided that that was a great call up moment for me and I got even stronger in my voice and my messaging and my tone. So that's just an example of where tone of voice can go. Really? Maybe some people like it. Great. That's for his ideal client. It wasn't for me. And so I knew that that is not somebody I would ever want to work with. And I go on to say that he's kind of irrelevant, honestly, at this point in time. And anytime that story comes up and people guess who I'm talking about, it's because he started to lose the context of this audience does not like that. They don't appreciate that. And so you want to be aware of that as, for example, a counterexample of what can spread about your brand. So let's recap here real quick. You Three ways for you to get brand consistency in your business. Number one is to have your visuals consistent across all of your different platforms and making sure the people, the designers, and the social media managers, the content creators, everyone is on the same page with what that is. They have the brand guidelines, one. Two, they're constantly referring to them. And three, you've done training on what that actually is. Oh, fourth and foremost, when your team, either you or your marketing manager, brand manager, gets those back, you immediately want to reject them if they're not fitting your brand guidelines and give them feedback on what it needs to be until we can get that right. Because the visuals are the easiest, no-brainer way to communicate across to prospects, future people who are following you into your audience, like, hey, we know who we are, we're legit, and you can trust who we are. So when they say people judge a book by its cover, it's absolutely true, by the way. The science proves it. The second thing with consistency is messaging. So is your brand messaging consistent? That is, what are you saying? And you don't, that doesn't mean that you're not allowed to have a new offer or new challenge or promote some new things. Marketing actually needs to do their job. So you've got brand that's a North Star. You have marketing that's like the compass directing. Marketing can promote something new, whether it's every month, every two months, or every quarter. That's perfectly fine. But there needs to be that messaging matrix where, like I mentioned, there are a set of three to five key pillars that fall underneath your brand's overall North Star messaging that you consistently are saying. You're consistently showing the what, you're teaching the how, and people are feeling really connected to your why. So your mission and vision and your core values, all of those kind of things. So the third thing is that tone of voice. And I think I went into that in a lot of detail and gave you examples. How do you sound? Do you want to sound like Oprah? Do you want to sound like Layla? Do you want to sound like Tony Robbins? Do you want to sound like Ed Milet or Alex LaRosie? Whatever it is, whoever you feel like, or maybe you want to sound more like you, which is what I actually advocate. I tune out a lot of the big gurus, to be totally honest with you, because I don't need their voices in my head. I need Beagle's voice in my head, and I need the next version of who I'm meant to be and how I'm meant to sound. So a compliment I get all the time is you are authentically who you are on like this podcast, on this YouTube, 
on when people meet me in person, when people are on my team. My team will tell you this. I am the exact same person when we talk and we're on our Zooms or we're on our Slack, same exact person as I am in a forward setting when I'm in Facebook, in my group going live. That is so important to me to, to be able to teach you guys when we're saying tone of voice, who do you want to be? And now we're all growing and I believe in 1% growth daily. Who do you want to be your future version to be? I want you to start embodying that by using what I call your empowered voice. So who is that tone of voice? How does that person sound? So those are the three pillars. That is going to get you so much more of the goal that you want to have a consistent brand across all of your different media platforms, outlets, all of those things.